0: Hello, I'm Taylor. I'm Ryan. And this is In You and I have been talking about doing a podcast or this kind of conversation for a long time now, and it's the kind of conversations that you and I just have on the porch or sitting out in the yard or, you know, when we, if we go on a drive or something like that, so what uh what was your motivation in wanting to push the record button as it were i guess the main thing was
1: realizing that these conversations weren't being had and then trying to find places to have them Mm. you know because either there's a lot of people like you so it's really not that different of a conversation or it's subjects they don't want to touch Mm. and so you know that's why i think i've always enjoyed talking with you i think the motivation to, to push record to get it out there is mainly because um, I think it's important for other people to, to kind of understand that there's people who think maybe differently than what they're used to um, within the same context that they're in. Yeah. Um, so being kind of uh, very similar, but willing to, to have the conversations that we often
0: ignore. That, that really is what I'd like to see more of and contribute to, and to kind of, I guess, let folks know that that's okay.
1: Yeah, and and, and one of the things we talked about a lot was kind of understanding that just because you're in a middle ground doesn't mean it's not a position. I think there's often uh, a lot of people who would say, Oh, yeah. well, you're just not choosing a side or or you're you just don't feel strongly really either way, do you? And no, that's not the case. Um there is a position I'm standing in, but it's not uh with loyalty to something I shouldn't be loyal to. It's a loyalty to God and if that means that I'm, you know, not as far one way or the yeah. other on an issue, um, that's okay. you know doesn't mean I don't have a stance. it means my stance is is right there where others would just perceive in the middle because I'm not yeah maybe obnoxious about it.
0: This first episode, this first conversation we have, essentially, we just kind of we kind of get into a little bit of the topics that we have given here in the intro, and we talk more about what we feel it means to occupy the middle ground. And how, on the one hand, that can be really challenging, and the danger is basically to just say, "Ah, I'm done with all this, I don't like any of you people, (laughs) but that um, the whole idea of being unbetween between that we are stuck in the middle, but we are also not going to let that cause us to demonize people, but we still want to engage and to try to bring people into the conversation that we're having. Okay, so this is the intro episode of Unbetween. And um the name came to me recently. Uh and I think what I was thinking of was we we've talked a lot about how we we feel like in between we're in between viewpoints quite a lot.
1: Mm-hmm. That
0: you're encouraged to polarize one way or the other and that you're encouraged to identify with this particular line of thinking either on the quote left or right of an issue or of a theological system or a philosophical system or political ideology whatever it is it seems like you're either in this camp over here or you're or you're in that camp over there and that to try and take or land on a nuanced position of any kind sort of puts you in the no man's land out in the middle of two warring factions who are sniping at each other. So you're yeah. getting fire from both sides a lot Absolutely. of the time. But but that um that's kind of the place to be really if you want to have authentic relationships with people. You can't or you shouldn't just put people into boxes and write them off or say this is my tribe and this isn't that you know that kind of stuff. But more than just being willing to occupy the middle space, for me, part of where the name came from was that you don't want to total you can't totally dissociate from people either. Cause that is where my brain goes a lot of times, where it becomes so tiresome to try to engage with people who in in some sense are really far apart from where you feel like you are and very much of a tribe that you don't there that you might not want to belong to. And so for me, the motivation for having these conversations is one to give voice to the middle or to folks who feel like they're in the middle, who are maybe not as loud as the folks on this side or the other, but also who, who are also saying, well, I'm not just going to disengage from the conversation. I want Mm -hmm. to still, uh, For for people of faith, particularly, I still want to love people well. I still want to represent Christ to people and love him or love them in, in ways that he would. And that means I can't dissociate. I can't cancel people. I can't ostracize people who are not of my tribe. And I'm committed to occupying that middle space and basically inviting as many people to join me there as are willing, but even if they don't still loving them wherever they happen to be in whatever camp they happen to be in that, yeah. I think summarizes my motivation for wanting to have these kind of conversations, but where are you coming from on these kinds of things?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the same type thing. And even, you know, you mentioned giving, giving people in the middle a voice, but, um, even encouraging them that that's an okay place to be. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean you're you're trying to figure out which side you want to be on. It means there's a view there that we've just ignored. Um, but when you're, when you're kind of badgered all day with whatever you want to call it far right and far left or all right, all whatever you want to call it. Um, it's hard to, to really see that that's, those aren't the only two views. Um, yeah. Yes. They're loud. Yes. That's what you're going to see when you turn on the TV. But um, most people fall somewhere in the middle. Um, and, and maybe you're more far, farther on the conservative or liberal end on, on a, an issue, but that doesn't mean all issues you are, or that doesn't mean that's who you are. It means, um, that you, you've got different viewpoints. They're not all just one way, one, one lean to them. Um, and I just, I feel like that's ignored. I feel like any issue, especially within the church, there's a lot of issues where, um, we're quick to say, you know, well, as a church, we, we believe this way. Um, and sometimes those views don't even come back to the Bible. It's just traditionally <laughs> yeah. or historically or whatever. And and uh, when you see those where they don't line up um, with the Bible, that's scary. I, I was at a conversation in a conversation once where um, someone stood up and basically said, "Well, I don't know what the Bible says about this, but our church has always done this, and that's what we need to do." And that is a very scary Ooh. comment. Um, <laughs> Ouch! And it's all out of tradition, you know. And and so. I mean I think part of it's not only, you know, giving the voice understanding there there is a place in the middle that's okay to be and it's not a journey it's it's where you're at maybe. Um it it is a position. It's not that you're undecided. Um and then just understanding that as believers, um it's important for us to look first to 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 the Bible, to God's word and to what um Christ did and to let that be our motivation, not because we've done something or because historically you know, someone else did, or your parents taught you this, that's that's a very poor motivation. Not that our parents are bad people, you know, Um, but, you know, hopefully what they based everything off of was Christ. So let's not look at them who are are trying their best to be a copy. Let's look at the actual source.
0: Yeah. And there's, um, I had somebody tell me when I was younger, you have to know the word for you, not for your parents or your pastor or your youth leader or whatever. It, you have to own it, you have to learn it, you have to understand it, or it isn't yours. You can't mm-hmm. say that you have a faith if you've just inherited it, or had it had, had other people tell you what it is that you need to believe. And going off something you just said, that it, it isn't just, um, it, it, it's almost... In, in some circles, like a cop out to say, well, well, you know, we believe the Bible or we just need to go back to the Bible. But what do we really even mean by that? And for me, it's mm-hmm. to being willing to, uh, to quote the, to quote Preston Sprinkle, not just to engage with what the Bible says, but what it means by what it says mm-hmm. and to be willing to sit in the tension of the knowledge gap between, well, this is what this appears to say, but what do I not know? What are the other passages that bear on this? What is the context for what this author was saying in this book? All those kinds of things. And to, to really try and and soak it in as much as you can so that you know, or that you can try to know what God was intending by moving through the spirit, um, Moving that author to write what he wrote, and uh, a lot of times it seems like conversations about quote controversial things a lot of times it seems like we're willing to settle for the easy answer that kind of shores up what we already think or what we're comfortable believing and the um The Bible gets treated that way a lot, but really if if you when the longer I've spent with it. Learning about it, how it works, how it was written, how it was intended to be read, you really can't do that <laughs> with that book and do it right. any justice. You can't just um like I've heard a lot of talk about lately like, oh, everybody picks and chooses, everybody has their own interpretation mm-hmm. and i think I think that is a I think that's a cop out I think yep. that is a smokescreen argument to excuse us believing the things that we want to and creating God in our own image for our own ends and part of occupying that really uncomfortable no man's land for me is to be willing to sit in the tension between all those things and to say, oh, this, this passage is, is really tough and I, I'm really going to mm-hmm. have to dig in because this messes up, this upsets my apple cart. This doesn't fit in with the theology that I have right now. And that's a really uncomfortable place to be, particularly if you're drawing a lot of your identity and your self worth and the way you live your life from those theological ideas and positions absolutely and, and and that brings up a good point I think a lot of times we read the Bible
1: looking more for ourselves than for for God um it's where do I fit into this and you know this is a book about me and, and what I'm supposed to do and how I live. and no it it that book has very little to do with us it's about God and who he is and if we read it looking for God instead of us uh we're, we're in a much better place I mean I heard a uh, Instructor in a class I took once say, "You know, we often look for the part of the verse that we can quickly put in front of a you know a nice scenic picture and throw up on Instagram <laughs> yeah. and and throw it up there. And we're ignoring the second part of the verse that you know has nothing to do with with peace or you know it's about the nature of God. But we don't want to put put the hard parts or the hard information or the hard things to read up there. We want what's easy and what benefits us. And um, I think that's how a lot of people read the Bible."
0: It's how I read the Bible certainly when I was younger, and even sometimes now when I am uh unwilling to do the work of what it's asking you to do. It is a, you know, it's a difference between something you get in a drive thru and a seven course meal in a five star restaurant. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, you know yeah. so, sometimes sometimes the drive thru is appropriate, but you can't live on that kind of food. And you certainly can't you don't you don't want to be the kind of person that who all of your experiences are quick and easy, and that's what your life is like. And Mm -hmm. I think, I think our, um, this, the American society in which we live, it is a disservice to us in that way because it's all we know. Everything is instantaneous. Everything is easy. Everything, you know, your talking points are handed to you by your ideology and Mm -hmm. you are encouraged and you know, Everything's two-day delivery or one-day delivery. And on the one hand, those things are nice when you need something like you've, in my case, you've got a film shoot and you need camera gear tomorrow yeah. or whatever it is. And sometimes mm-hmm. that's nice, but but then also what that can lull us into is this sense of, I, I I deserve what I want right now and I don't need to do the work. I don't need to sit in that uncomfortable kind of middle zone or middle period of waiting for this to work mm-hmm. itself out and that's I think we often don't think about what kind of people that's turning us into and to mm. have to have this book which does not yield its treasure to the idle casual observer in the same way that it does when you're willing to sit with it when you're willing to let it shape you over time which I think is I mean God explicitly says in a number of places, like Psalm 1, these are the kinds of people I'm after, the trees planted by the rivers of water who yield their fruit in season. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to wait for that apple to form on the branch. You can't just eat it whenever you want to, or it's going to taste terrible. And yeah, I think ultimately that's what God is trying to foster in us is those kinds of things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then, I mean, yeah. Uh... I think it's easy for us. You mentioned kind of Americans and how we've viewed it. I think we have, we've made it this instant gratification thing and um, to where, I mean, it's been really created into something that it's not. Um, The gospel has been turned into something that is, is supposed to, you know, well, you, you, you're a believer and you're going to live a long, happy life and you're going to be prosperous and all these things. And, and the view that, that is being said with is not the view that God would say He's going to bless us with. Um, you know, being being blessed on earth it isn't what really is being spoken to in the Bible. Not not that it isn't in areas, and not that God didn't bless people on earth and won't bless us, but really the blessings that we're supposed to look toward are, are blessings in heaven, um, not things that we can. I mean, that's biblical. You know, um, lay up for yourself treasures in in heaven, not on earth, where they're going to just rust away. You know. Um, and I think way too often people in in America and churches in evangelical christianity, whatever you wanna want to call it um are looking for that instant blessing, whatever helps their life go quicker um i mean as sad as it is to say, I've witnessed at times what I feel like is is almost a networking opportunity, yeah you know to church be made into that and um you know, no, no wonder we have kind of such this disparity in the church when people don't even aren't aren't there to to serve, aren't there to glorify God? They're they're there to you know pad their wallets.
0: Well, and let let's be clear about this. This is us too. Uh, I'm I'm not interested in kind of building a little house where we think we have it all together, and we're just pointing like, oh, a bunch of freaking sinners who uh, right miss the point. That that's not. That's not the kind of conversation that either of us is trying to have. What we're hoping to be able to do is to talk about these issues and raise these questions so that people can be thinking about them, because we have been and are being and will be these kinds of people that we're talking about, depending on the day, <laughs> you know, absolutely. Like, because I, I certainly have days, weeks, months, maybe even years where I'm not keeping in step with the spirit when I, I don't show up to serve. and. Mm-hmm. I I don't say that as I don't want that. To, that can't be a cop out for me. You know, like it's not enough for me to say everybody does it or, oh, this is widespread. You know, there's we just need to set it on fire and start over. No, I I can own that I'm a part of the problem, hopefully on a good day anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we
1: own it. And then I think the thing is, what do we do with that? Um, yeah. You know, I, I had a buddy of mine that um watched a documentary that i've watched recently and and it's it's a great documentary that came out with a second part and he kind of sent me this message okay well with this information now what you know yeah um as the church as as believers and um i think that's important you know and, and yeah you said it exactly right i think part of it's understanding what what christianity is what we're trying to do um you and I are both fans of Rich Mullins and and one of the things he had said at one point is Christianity is not about building an absolutely secure little niche in the world where um, we can kind of seclude ourselves and our children and our wives from all the bad. You know, it's about becoming that and and loving people who are um who are in, in areas that we're in, you know, it it's not in an us and them. Um yeah. You know, Christ came to to preach that we are all lost and without hope. And um, I mean in John we read that if you say you're without sin, you know, then, I mean, you, you can't do that. Then mm-hmm. then Christ isn't in you if you say that, as, as I think essentially what it says. And um, so we're all there and, and, you know, in different ways. And I think if we can address it and help each other as opposed to hiding away from it, um, I think there's a lot that can come from it. I mean, it's one thing to struggle with being able to, vocalize yourself around people you don't know, it's another when the people that um, should be most like you, that you should be most comfortable talking to, you can't even be honest with. Yeah, And um, I feel you that. Know, that's kind of what I've, I've come to the point of is, you know, I, I'm okay with saying I'm I'm not good. You know, I don't have to, but the, the Bible's pretty clear about how, who we are. Um, but am I just going to be comfortable with that and just hide everything, or am I going to say... No, uh, yeah. Here's what I struggle with, and I need help from from brothers and sisters in Christ and people who um, are stronger in areas where I'm weak. And hopefully, I can be that for someone. And um, you know, I think that's where we start to build strength, even in those middle areas. Um, you know, where we don't pretend that Christians don't struggle with whatever, um, and they're all here. Well, no, we're not. And if we can talk about it and be more willing to have conversations, a lot more good's going to come out of it, and, and God's going to be way more glorified than if we hide from it, yeah, I think that a lot of us are so afraid and, and this is me included so afraid of not just failing, but others seeing me fall that it's hard to be honest about things um, you know I, I had a, a conversation with my brothers and and sister um about a week ago where it was kind of this you know Ryan, I feel like sometimes you are so afraid to fall fail that you don't recognize even some of the things that are going really well around you hmm. because you're waiting for the moment where you mess it up and you may not and you may but you may not you know yeah um and you're worrying for no reason and uh i think there's something to be said for that you know if um at first we allow god to take our struggles but then also rely on brothers and sisters who are stronger than us
0: well um, he that that's part of how he works from mm-hmm. the first page of the scriptures, God has made it very clear, repeatedly, that no matter how messed up His created human beings get, He He has always intended to do His work through and with us and alongside us. You know, before uh, before there was sin, there was grace. On the first mm-hmm. page, He gave, He created all this stuff of His own choosing. And made it beautiful just because he wanted to, because that's the kind of God that he is. And then he invites his creation to rule it with him, which is far beyond our merit or ability. But he wanted to do it anyway because he's generous. And that yeah. started before anything bad happened. That was plan A, always. And the the story of the scriptures, like the overall arc of it, is he's constantly doing that and he's constantly finding ways to meet us wherever we are so that he doesn't i mean there there are a number of of times that uh like in right, right previous to the noah story uh it, it says something to the effect of god saw that the the hearts of humans were only wicked all the time and that every mm-hmm. inclination of their hearts were evil and he regretted yeah. making us. Now that's pretty significant. <laughs> this is a, this is a key point in the story. But despite yeah. that, um after the whole flood thing happens, after the ark settles down, all that uh he said, "I see that humans are only evil all the time. Therefore, I will not ever destroy them again." And it's like, "Well, mm-hmm. what what now?" <laughs> It's like, and, and, and y'all you, don't get better. But yes. well, and the point of it is not that it's there for God cuz he he knows what's up, but that so we would read that and understand he's committed to this thing regardless mm-hmm. of how messed up we are and that he will find a way and all throughout Israel's history he continually extends himself to them despite their idolatry and sin and running off and doing whatever at the first chance they get. And that's what ultimately uh, Paul reflects on this in Romans, but basically the the whole point of all that was to show them, you guys can't do this on your own without me extending yourself to you. I mm-hmm. I will I will extend myself in the ultimate way in that I'm going to come down there and help you do the things that you're not capable of doing. And after I've come down there and left, I'm going to leave my spirit with you who will enable you to walk with me and to do the kinds of things that, um, that I've wanted you to do. And mm-hmm. uh, something else that, ties into this that is a big motivation for me in wanting to have these kind of conversations in a public way is, is the idea of wisdom that in Proverbs, God talks about the fact that he built creation on wisdom. It's the foundation of it. Now, if you know exactly what to do all all the time, you don't need to be wise, (laughs) but, uh, but if you're in really gnarly gray areas in your life if you are paralyzed by being able to see both sides of an issue and to not jump into this camp or other camp well you have to have wisdom to know how to navigate it you have to have Mm -hmm. wisdom to know how to love people well that are not like you that don't agree with you that uh that hate you even and It is in trying to seek and understand the wisdom of God in those spaces. Like that's part of what keeps me going is, is to know that that is available to me through the Holy spirit. And that ultimately God wants to produce wise followers who know how to navigate those kinds of situations. So I just, I just wanted to throw that Mm. in there for good measure. No, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I
1: think, you know, it's important for us to understand where that wisdom comes from. You know, it's, it's not that we've got that in us because <laughs> we've given the opportunity, we're going to screw something up. That's, that's pretty um, likely. Yes. But, um, but you know, again, there's grace in that, in that, that God can will grant us wisdom that will give us the Holy spirit to where, um, fortunately, you know, it,
0: it's not dependent on us. Cause that'd be really unkind of him. Well, maybe that's a bit strong of a way to put it. it it would be really challenging for him to say, all right, do this thing. Good luck. (laughs) Let me know how it goes. But he doesn't do that and he never has done that. Yeah.
1: And I I mean, I guess you could make the case that it it would be just in doing so. Yeah. You know, we can say unkind, but biblically, that's kind of what we said are, you know, that that's, that's the price, right. Mm -hmm. Is, um, but fortunately we don't have to pay that. I mean, and that's that's important i mean even thinking along that logic there's so many people who um confuse kind of the wrath of god and the the love of god as being these mutually exclusive things that not at all oh well i, I read about wrath here so maybe god's not that loving or or you know and and no it's not that he's a certain percentage of this and this and that he hmm. is completely god and that's just something we can't understand yeah that he contains all mercy all love all grace all wrath Within his
0: being, um. I think part of that's us protect projecting our own garbage onto him, and that mm. you know very rarely do we, very rarely do we get angry at the right things. Usually mm. we get. I, I th- this is a generalization, but I think I can say it. Usually <laughs> we get angry. Ah, eh, let, let me back up. Usually I get angry at people who do things that I don't like to me, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, um, I, I get There's usually a roundabout involved when I get angry <laughs> living in the city where no we live, how to use lots of roundabouts, <laughs> <That's true. laughs> just need to chill, man. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like, because we get angry, we get hot angry, you know, we respond off the cuff and we respond because our sensibilities are offended either for ourselves mm-hmm. or because, well, this just, I don't think this is right and I know better than this and you shouldn't do that. It's, it's very selfish a lot of the time, not all the time, yeah. but um, we project that onto God and we think, well, if God is angry, then that must be, that must not be okay because you shouldn't be angry at people, people you love. Not understanding that like uh, love has teeth. <laughs> One of the best pictures of love, and I, I can't remember where I heard this. It's the, uh, it's the lioness moving her cubs from one den to another. And she does it mm. by picking them up in her teeth and moving them bodily. Now, if you struggle mm-hmm. against that, you're going to get hurt, but it is the only way to move the cubs in a way that is safe because they don't understand. You can't just wander off into that field. That hyena is going to eat you. <laughs> mm. And uh, that's that's a really helpful picture of love for me anyway, when I'm raging against whatever suffering I'm in, you know, <laughs> uh, suffering with a lowercase s, I wouldn't call it that yeah. as, as compared to what some other people in different parts of the world have to endure. But Absolutely. if a component of suffering is I don't get what I want and I'm uncomfortable, well, I have plenty of that. Yeah. And the Christian life has plenty of that in that mm-hmm. you're supposed to take up that cross Daily, and that doesn't mean should that be you, marked with it. Yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean, at least for most of us in America, that you're being whipped or flogged or having stuff thrown at you. Mm-hmm. That might happen, but probably not. But more, what it looks like is in those day-to-day things you find yourself doing, are you thinking of other people? Are you willing to submit to discomfort and inconvenience and just not getting your way so that other people can be taken care of? And, um. I don't know how a conversation about wrath turned into that. Let me see if I can loop that <laughs> back around. Well, I, I, I mean, before you you do, because
1: I yeah, I don't. I think that was my fault. But I, you mentioned the lion and the cub analogy, and I think that's important, even with what we were talking about earlier and kind of with what we're wanting to do here. I I think it's important for us to show that kind of love where um, it puts us in a position to talk to people and and not to where we show our teeth so much that we. Um, appear to be bigoted or, or hateful, or, but, um, but that we're very careful with the amount of of force we show, with the amount of, um, I don't want to say conviction, because you, you have your convictions, you stand by them, but there's a, a time and a place
0: for certain things to be said. That's grace and truth. Um, is uh first chapter of John, that yeah. Christ came from the Father full of grace and truth, and that he had those things in balance, because... Mm-hmm. Truth without grace is legalism, and grace without truth is license. And yeah. it's that middle ground thing again. You c- you can't get too far into either one of those ditches, or you will be out of balance. Mm. Bring, bringing it back to the whole wrath thing, like, wrath is not a word we use, that's a Bible word. But mm-hmm. if you talk about justice, that is a word that we use, and it is one that we understand, in that there is a... Uh, what C.S. Lewis talks about this a lot, The there there's natural law, which is also something that doesn't get talked about, in that if you drop a rock off a cliff, it's going to fall. That's gravity. There are those things, natural truths written into the fabric of the universe that just are. Well, the, there's the same thing what C.S. Lewis called the moral law, that if you violate certain principles of the universe, you will get X, Y, or Z result. And it's not always that linear. But essentially that there is a created order that we exist in, whether we're aware of it or not, and it is a it's like a closed system like an in like a car engine. If you introduce hmm. a speck of dust into that very finely tuned car engine, over time, it's going to throw its balance off, and that you have by the choices that you make, we have we have introduced you know specks of dirt into God's system. <laughs> and we don't have a right to do that and we have mm-hmm. culpability for that. And so God is perfectly within his rights cuz he's actually the only one that has any rights cuz he made everything. He's well within his rights to do whatever he wants. And that's that's uh, Romans 5 I think, the whole vessels created for destruction kind of thing. And what I don't think Paul is saying there is that this is the way things are. The point is that hey man, there's a throne and you aren't on it. And mm-hmm. God is the ultimate source of all that is good. We would be upset with God if he weren't just because that would mean that evil is fine and okay and does not need a solution. The cross was more, was about more than just, I want these human beings to hang out with me. It was also about uh, evil is not going to run rampant forever. and mm-hmm. that something has to happen and that the law of sin and death needs to be overcome and that the enemy spiritual evil needs to be overcome and we have to have final solutions to those problems and if god because god is just that was part of the equation of uh, we need a messiah we need somebody to do the things that we're not able to do because we are enslaved to these things and we can't get out of it and because god is just he expresses his wrath in this way, which is very upside down, <laughs> you know, because when we think mm-hmm. of wrath, we think of God zapping people, which, uh, numerically he rarely does. There are certainly examples of it. And those are the ones we tend to go to and have trouble with, but, um, that is one of his primary motivations for what Jesus did in yeah. the cross. What Paul, when Paul says he, he made a public spectacle of the principalities and the rulers of spiritual darkness, and he triumphed over them in the cross. I think that's in Colossians. Were it not for that, were it not for the justice of God, that wouldn't be part of the equation. And if, right. we, if we're comfortable, we're comfortable with that part because it gets us off the hook <laughs> in the <laughs> ultimate sense, but we're not comfortable with the idea that God might expect something of us because mm. he's just. It's a long-winded yeah. way of saying all that, but that's just all off the top of my head, I guess.
1: No, no, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're right. It was- the, the price for sin was his death, and fortunately for us, um, you know, though it would have, he would have been just in allowing us to take that, you know, that's where mercy and grace comes in, and um, justice was served, but not because we paid the price, because he did. And, um, and, be-
0: and because of that, we must be willing to occupy this weird no-man's land, mm-hmm. and that we must be willing to love our enemies and to be willing to accept whatever is thrown our way in the sense that this is not going to shake our conviction. This is not going to cause us to hate people or to write them off or dehumanize them. We're not, we can't do that because God didn't do that to us.
1: Yeah. And and I think that's important. I mean, it's okay to hold a conviction and to feel strongly about it, but, you know, build up a rapport with someone to where you can speak to it better than just You know letting stuff come out of your mouth you don't intend to and then never having that opportunity yeah um
0: because ultimately those people in those camps that you hate are are created in the image of god and deeply loved and mm -hmm. christ died for and as annoying as that is (laughs) christ died for the people that i don't like and that i'm not comfortable with uh we got to be willing to admit that that we don't like that because we're not just like god is just
1: we want to show our teeth, you know. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we want to see blood on and and um of the people that did us wrong. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. You're right. I mean and I think that's why we end up ignoring that area. And um as you and I have talked a lot, and you know, the reason we feel like we have to do this is because it's been ignored for too long and um not that others haven't tried to address it and not that we're the ones to to do it well, but I think you know our our big thing is we're just two guys trying to figure it out and let's, let's have a conversation. Let's open yeah. it up. Let's bring in people much more intelligent than us, or, or at least me, um, <laughs> who can speak to things in a way that um, allows us to take that ground and to stand it. You know, um, yeah, Sure, some areas we may feel stronger one way than others, and um, but again, are we taking it to the Bible? Are we taking it to where we should to base our opinions? and um, And then what are we doing with that?
0: Yeah. And that's going to be part of the, quote, programming, is that we want to reach out to people who are trying to navigate the waters of nuance, if I can put it that way, and trying to faithfully witness to what God has done in their lives to anybody who would listen, regardless of what camp they belong to. Mm -hmm. And we look forward to learning from from those folks. And we look forward to them being part of, of these conversations. Another motivation I have for wanting to do this kind of conversation is that other than sitting down with a cup of coffee with somebody, which we can't really do (laughs) right now very well. (laughs) uh, So so much of the only other opportunity that you have, certainly the the cultural go-to is online. And I just, I don't think that most of the time that's the place to have these kind of conversations and have them be fruitful Mm. because I think the tendency on all of those social platforms, not necessarily on account of the individual, but I just think the nature of the communication medium encourages you to ignore the nuance and go for being heard rather than listening and all these other negative things that we know happen. On social media, and there's so many conversations that I have read that i i have i have something to contribute, or at least I feel like I do uh not by way of this is my opinion, you should listen to it, but it's like well no, this is what you're talking about is important to me, and I'd like to engage with you, and I'd like for us to talk, but it goes to the shouting match so quickly it seems like mm-hmm. and it goes to outrage so quickly, and i don't I don't feel like that I'm going to be heard if I engage online, by and large. Now, if somebody else feels differently and feels like they can be themselves in that arena, more power to you. I I really don't most of the time.
1: No, and and I mean, you know, that's where it's such an iffy space because you get people who, you know, here's what I'm going to say, don't comment. Or, you know, if you don't feel that way, go on and unfriend me. or, or And all this stuff where it's like, yeah, you're not trying to have a conversation i came across something yesterday of a a a younger guy who um was in small groups i mean and and what he posted was just whether he felt that way or not was just obviously something you should not post with the current situation in our world um a i would say he shouldn't feel that way but b the fact that he posted it made me very uneasy to where i started typing and then i had to say you know what there's going to be better served. by me me calling him yeah. and talking with him. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, you know, as we have that conversation, I guarantee you, he's going to say, you're, you know what, you're right. And no, I do understand that that was probably not smart, but he saw something. And in the heat of the moment, you know, he shared it and added his two cents and, yeah, and, you know, that, that's not going to get you anything except someone done unfriend you. Um You know, and, and, and I did, and I got sucked into the comments and reading the back and forth where it ultimately ended in someone saying, Well, don't even respond. To which he uh re- responded with a, a gif or a gif, however you say it, of you know, someone saying, Well, bye. And it's like, Um, I what are we trying to accomplish here? Are yes. we really trying to just make ourselves heard and nothing else? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, are we trying to talk with people? And, and if we're just trying to make ourselves heard, let's at least make sure we're. We're making her something that shows Christ. Yeah. Um, not just our own dumb selves. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, it, man, there's so much there.
1: <laughs> uh, I know. And I, I might not should have gone down that route. Well, you started it, didn't you, with social media? I probably
0: <laughs> did. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the internet. But no, I mean, but you're right. I mean, it's, it's created a place for conversations that's really not, um,
0: but not I had, a great it's, it's not conversations, though, because a conversation is two people listening to each other. Mm. And it's there's monologue. Just, it's uh, yeah, it's um, much of the time or it's the way in which you're forced to express yourself because it's quick. And I'm going to do this, you know, while I'm sitting waiting for the red light to change or whatever it is. Mm hmm is it's just not the same as being able to engage in real time with somebody and being able to see their facial expressions, or even if you're on the phone, their tone of voice or this or that. It's just, it's, it's transactional rather than relational. And relational Mm -hmm. is where humans live. You mentioned networking earlier, like nobody likes being networked. I'm pretty (laughs) sure (laughs) that's a blanket statement, but, but I know that in, in, you know, we're both in, uh, in the business world, whatever that means exactly. And and there's all this emphasis (laughs) placed on quote networking and go to this networking event and oh, you got to network. And I feel like some of the time we're just encouraging people to use each other for, Mm -hmm. for selfish gain. And I know that's not what people mean when they say it or when they do set up those kinds of events or what have you, but it's, uh, I found myself feeling a lot of the time that like, well, I don't really I want to find people and establish relationships with them. And if something good comes out of that for me, then fine. But that's not why I'm here, hopefully. And no. I, I wouldn't want somebody to treat me that way. And so I'm going to try to not treat people that way, mm-hmm. which means that I'm, I'm going to think twice about engaging in an activity that I know on the front end is probably not going to produce the kinds of results that I want. Not that it yeah. never can or that God can't work there. It's not like God isn't present in, in every arena of our lives that we interact with people in. But you said something a minute ago that, um, like, what, what are you trying to accomplish? The way the, the question forms itself for me is what good thing comes of this? Mm-hmm. Which I think is a, re- is a good question to ask yourself regularly. What, what is the good that I hope to achieve? By right. engaging in this way, doing this thing, working this job, reading this book, whatever it is, what, what is the potential good? And have I thought yeah. about that, or am, I, or am I just doing what's handed to me? I think most of the time we just do whatever comes quick and natural, and, you know, that, that's, that's very rarely a good idea. Because as we've seen, both from what the witness of the scriptures in, in our own lives— we're, we're going to end up in the wilderness of our own volition pretty darn quick. Mm-hmm. We, uh, you know, I, I think of, um, this is in Exodus, uh, twenty, twenty-one, somewhere in there. The Moses goes up on the mountain. Israel's in the desert. They've, they've been brought out of Egypt. <laughs> they go to meet God out there and he's like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to be your God. You're going to be my people. You'll be a kingdom of priests and we're going to, Together, we're going to show the rest of the nations what this can be like. And they'll see it and they'll be like, yeah, we want us some of that. And they'll all come back. And the people said, yes, all this we will do. Well, Moses ain't been up there, you know, 20 (laughs) minutes. I mean, it is longer than that. But they immediately... Too long for them. They immediately were like, well, he's not coming back. Uh, Make us these calves and we'll bow down to them. Like Mm -hmm. the, the first chance they get, they've forgotten... That they just signed on the dotted line, and we—it's—I think it's our inclination to point our fingers and be like, "These freaking idiots! What are they? <laughs> what are they doing?" Yeah, but we, but do, we this, do the same thing. Yeah, we, we do the same thing every day. And like yeah. you were saying earlier, it, we really have to be honest about that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not enough to raise your hands on Sunday and listen to the Word, and then expect the rest of the the week that you're not going to go to idle ways. You know, just yeah. like they did. I mean, um, that—that's our focus, and then losing it. If we're not in the word, if we're not um, being real with people, having conversations, um, you know, and I'm not saying everyone needs to go out tomorrow and like air out their dirty laundry, but um, again, if we're concerned about making Christ known and not about our own self appearance, um, you know, I think a lot more will fall into place like it should.
0: I think that's our hope with Unbetween that we. We can be open and honest with people no matter what camp or tribe they may be belong to, and be willing to live in the tension mm-hmm. that is uh walking the line of faith, as it were, and keeping in step with the spirit. And he's gonna knowing he's gonna lead us to some uncomfortable places where we're gonna feel vulnerable and feel attacked on all sides because we will be. But that yeah. ultimately he is wise and he's kind and he's merciful and he knows as a good father what his children need. And um, if we, if we can be by these conversations, if we can be a part of that and to help people navigate that space and, and continue to grow and progress into, and to know more of the mind and the heart of God, well, that's, that's what we're after, I think. Absolutely. I agree. Okay, that's the first show in the bag. We would appreciate it if you would subscribe and also leave us a comment or rating on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on. We have uh, any number of other topics that we want to get into in the future. What are some of the things that you're interested in talking about?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think for a big thing for me is just talking a lot around some of what's going on in the Christian faith with people. um, Dissociating with what they've known, but not necessarily coming to something else um Mm. or just deciding to throw out stuff they're uninterested in any longer and um i think that's dangerous and i think that'd be fun to explore um there's a number of things we've talked about you know we've we both come from music backgrounds so i think there's a lot there we'll probably get into um at some point which is people we've listened to and respect um and art in general yeah art in general what's your kind of what are you looking forward to the most
0: The art is one. The music is one. The arts are interesting because you have a whole lot of people of faith uh, having to walk a really interesting line because their art is often not welcome in the church and um, out in the quote general market or the real world, as it's also called, (laughs) you know, you can talk about whatever you want, but then also in some of the circles that they're obliged to run in, there's you know, you can get into some pretty awkward spots as far as what (laughs) the expectations are and what's available. And there are some people that I know and respect who do a really good job of walking that line and not being preachy, but still sticking to their faith and to their integrity. And I'm I'm keen to talk to some of those folks. Something I want to add, uh, we're, we're really trying to push Word of mouth in the very real sense in that we're just, we're going to be sending this show to people directly, people that we know that we think would benefit from it. We're not going to make a big online push because we don't feel like that's uh, the best way or the best places for these conversations to happen. And that we like the idea that if somebody hears about the show, it's because either we told them personally about it or somebody else who likes the show personally told them about it and we'd hope to see it spread that way the way uh the way that things used to be spread that meant something to you
1: we want it to be conversations that are important to you and you know people you know that um, have these same thoughts and feelings and can benefit from it i think that's the best way to to make that happen appreciate everyone listening and look forward to having some fun conversations i couldn't agree more